0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. Hello and welcome to Calgary's Podcast with Mario Tonaguzzi on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is Andre Salazar, Zach Tambasco, and Guillermo Borges, who, are, uh, who basically run Alpa Vertical Farms in Calgary. Thanks, gents, for joining us today. Thank you, guys, Thanks for having us. Thanks. Mario, thank you. All right, let me just start, start by asking you, and anybody can jump in. Just tell me what Alpa Vertical Farms is and what you guys do.
1: Uh, yeah, I can take that one, Mario. Uh, basically, we want to be the best microgreen cal- company, not just in Calgary, but in Canada. Um, and yeah, that is at the very core of everything we do. So we grow our product with very local initiatives. Uh, Our seeds are Canadian. They're non-GMO and organic certified. Uh, The packages are Canadian. And that ties into our charitable initiatives. Uh, Every package has a donation built into it. And what that means is after we cover our costs, 5% of everything we make goes to charities. And we actually let our followers choose. So on our Instagram, we hold a poll. And we'll usually have two charities and we have it that way because it's transparent. We don't want to be making that call. We want to let our community choose what charities we're supporting. Uh, So we're just providing them a voice and just executing on what they want to do. Um, But we're also very focused on technology. uh, And that's really one of the biggest things for us. Uh, We looked at the microgreen space and Andre can tell you more about this later. But we looked at the microgreen space and saw that there was a gap. Uh, we think that there's more that can be done. And we looked at agriculture in general and thought, okay, there's you know, farming equipment, sure. But what's really being done to grow and push the technology of growing? And yeah, there was a gap there and we thought maybe we could fill it. So that's how this company started. And so far, it's gone pretty good. What do you guys grow uh, so far, we have four products. It's mostly microgreens, uh, but, you know, we're looking at expanding beyond that in the future. Um, but yeah, right now we have arugula, broccoli, radish, and sunflower microgreens, um, each with its own, you know, benefits and trade-offs. Um, and we're looking at putting out two new products towards Q3, Q4 of 2021.
0: Oh, okay. Then um, can you tell me a little bit about the history, of how you guys started and. Uh, why you started and when?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm Andre. I'm the, I'm the guy with the initial idea. Um, <clears throat> basically, um, I'm an engineer um, by trade. And I'm also, I have an experience as being a farmer as well. I'm from Colombia. Uh, so, I came here to Canada when I was 14 uh, as a refugee. And uh, one day, um, I was wondering what I can uh, contribute to society. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is science and technology. And it turns out there was a gap, as Guillermo said, there was a gap in, in, in agriculture. It, it, it needs a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, and so I put in together my experience as a farmer and, 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 and my practical you know, um, skills uh, as an engineer. And yeah, I came up with this idea. And then uh, actually I met these guys at Lowe's, working <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at Lowe's. Uh, so I brought up the idea and Guillermo was more in the business side. So that was something that I was lacking on. You know, I had the engineer, the science down, but, uh, but he was more the business guy, so I, I told him how, you know, you know, I wanted to do this thing, but I didn't know how to bring it to life to reality. And so, you know, he, he jumped in and helped me, uh, Zach as well. Zach, uh, has, a, a you know, some experience as being a farmer as well. So he jumped in. Uh, he also knows how to weld. That's another thing. Uh, we we <laughs> make these things ourselves. Yeah. So back then, I was, I was starting to learn how to weld. And, uh, and, and Zach jumped in and he's like, you know what? I know a little bit about welding. And so we started playing around. And yeah, the three of us somehow met up and, and, and decided to, to
1: start this. So okay. started at Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. What, what year was this? Uh, late
0: 2019, I believe. Maybe yeah. early
1: 2019.
0: Okay. Um, So all three of you were at Lowe's. Were you uh, in university or uh, at that time? Yeah. So at the time, uh, Andre was in
1: physics at U of C and I was at Mount Royal. Uh, I was doing a major in marketing with a minor in innovation and entrepreneurship. So it kind of worked really well.
3: And Zach, what were you taking? Uh, for me, I, I went to Mount Royal a little bit after, but uh, I actually moved here in uh, 2018 and I met these guys and that's kind of how we, uh, we were starting it. But I did uh, take courses to get into business. And then prior, I was at Nate to get into welding. <laughs> that's where cool. the background for that comes. Okay.
0: Super. And where are you from, uh, uh, Zach? i uh, from Edmonton, Alberta.
3: I was born there and I lived uh, a little bit east in Sher Park on a farm.
0: Okay, super. And uh, Guillermo, uh, where's your um, uh, origins and nationality? Uh, from?
1: Yeah, I'm originally from Venezuela. Uh, so I came to Canada in
0: 2014. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, uh, tell me a little bit about these, this industry itself uh, uh, and why you think it's, um, I, I guess, a, a growing area in the country. Consumers are looking for this type of stuff? Uh, uh, yeah, so i
2: I believe i we definitely see a gap there and uh, that needs to be filled and and people are willing to support farms that are more environmentally focused uh, and are able to grow and create jobs as well uh, on on the meantime. And uh, yeah, so we see uh, this this movement to more local growing uh, food and this this demand for 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 more local businesses, right? So especially because of Covid, uh, we also seen that um, the farm industry as it is right now is not uh, sustainable, not only environmentally, but economically as well. So you see all these migrants coming into the country to fulfill these, these jobs that Canadians don't want to, to do. And I think that's, that's a huge issue. And so if we're able to combine those, um, you know, uh, created technology that is able to grow these plants in such a economically way, we, will, we can also create the jobs and the freshness that people are looking for as well.
0: Yeah. And, when,
1: and sorry, go ahead, uh, Guillermo. Just to add a little bit to that, I, something that we saw as a real opportunity is not people are looking for local. Uh, and especially in the wake of COVID, uh, that became really apparent. Like you, there's so much exposure, um, but also we saw an opportunity to kind of transcend what it meant to be like a food company, uh, and we looked at it as, you know, why not have a bigger overarching impact? Uh, like often people can't tell you what brand their lettuce is or their carrots are. It's almost like a commodity. Um, we, we wanted to make it a brand and make it something that people can resonate and identify with and go, you know, this is a product that I feel good about. Um, so that's where we also saw an opportunity from a business and marketing standpoint, where it just wasn't being done in the industry. Now there's been a little bit more of that, um, but we still think there's massive opportunities to be taken.
0: And where does uh, uh, the stuff get grown? Like where where do you uh, harvest everything?
1: Uh, I think our head of production can tell you a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, basically we, uh, we have a warehouse of about over 1,200 square feet and we have machines essentially that that grow it so we have to monitor it and everything and uh yeah that's kind of <laughs> we uh we it's just a little bit east into calgary so
0: okay you know what i, I find this interesting because um uh recently fairly recently i i did a story on uh sobeys uh, have those vertical farms in uh in many of their stores mm-hmm. um and uh so uh, you're seeing a lot of uh uh, a lot of that trend going on, um, and we're speaking of stores. Where do you uh, sell uh, the stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, so as of right now, we're at Four Sonteras, all the ones in
0: Calgary, including one in Red Deer. Oh, cool! Uh, as well as the Italian Center here in Calgary. Ah, beautiful. Uh, next time I drop in there for some cold uh, cuts and uh, some buns, I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I <laughs> we're on the sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. The name itself, maybe somebody could uh, describe uh, how the name came about. The Alpa. What does Alpa stand for? Yeah. Um, so Sorry, I can take that. No, one no, again. Go, ahead. go
2: ahead. Yeah, so Alpa is the goddess in the Inca culture. Uh, she's supposed to be the goddess of fertility. And so the Incas used to pray to the to this goddess for a better harvest, you know, very very fru- fruitful harvest. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the Incas used to also have aquaponics. So they used to grow, uh, their vegetables in water, uh, but and, you know, with fish as well. So we obviously do it differently. We just do it with water, not fish. Um, uh, but I, I always found that interesting that they figured that out, you know, having, you know, the fish helping to grow this, this, these vegetables in water. I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's how the, the name came,
1: came about. And oh. it's kind of a. a- funny thing because with the way you, we do things, there's no need to pray for a fruitful harvest. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's guaranteed 365, no matter the weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that, that's another thing that, you know, we think is unique about vertical farming or technology um, supported farming where, you know, you're not relying on the weather. You're not relying on the rain. You don't, you know, it's very, very controlled. And yeah. we think there's going to be a need for a lot more of that in the future.
0: Okay, so you guys are all fairly young. I'm, I'm taking you're probably in your uh, mid mid twenties or so, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so what's it like uh, to be entrepreneurs? Like, what do you like most uh, about being an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, for me, it's the problem solving. Um, I uh, obviously <laughs> there's stress and you know a bunch of other things that come with that, but for me, I like the reward after you fix an issue. So for example, recently we had uh, a bit of a breakthrough where we increased airflow to one of our crops and the yields went up like 30%. Um, so things like that for me are very rewarding because it feels like we're pushing the envelope on what can be done yeah. and we're constantly improving. Um,
0: that's, that's one of my favorite things. How about uh you guys, Zach and uh Andre?
3: Yeah, I like the um it's we uh we like we have a kind of it's exciting for like to have a new kind of product and have the local kind of initiative to it. And I think uh it's awesome because we get so much recognition from people and they they enjoy it and it's it, that's rewarding for me too, because it's like, oh yeah, we buy your stuff all the time. It's like thank you so much. It's it's incredible. So yeah,
2: and and, yeah. yeah. For me, it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of tough but to, to put it into words, but it's more like the mission. You know, it's, it's having yeah. to do things different uh, to bring yeah. product that is it's unique. Yeah. Uh, it's just better in every way. It's not just helping me. It's also helping the, the community. Uh, I feel like entrepreneurs are um, misunderstood as just like trying to make money. Yeah, greedy. That's not necessarily the case, you know. Um, some of us actually want to add value uh, uh, to the industry, and and I think that's exactly what we're doing. Is it's, we have a mission, and, and that's what gets me up every morning. Yeah. you I'm know, working hard and working those long hours. Is it's it's having a mission, and at the end, having something different that you know that you know other farms are not doing, or you know that that you're pushing yourself and the industry to the
0: edge of, of what's possible. So um, I'm just curious, uh, going back to uh, what you guys do, um, why did you come up with this concept of uh, the donation uh, uh, with the sales? Um, why, why is that important to you guys?
1: Yeah. So when, when we first talked about it, uh, one of the first things that Andre said was like, look, I just want to help out. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. How are we going to do it? Um, so we kind of looked at what we thought were some of the best brands in the world. So we looked at brands like Tom's, we looked at, you know, all the certified B companies that, like Andre said, are, are, yes, obviously they're making money and they're making profit, but that's how, like, that's what enables them to help. Um, so we, we wanted to show that there's a real opportunity to look at farming as a profitable business, because a lot of people our age, and Zach can attest to this being from Sherwood Park, they look at farming at like, as like what their grandpa used to do. And yeah. you know, everybody wants to move to the city now and get an office job or whatever it may be. Um, so we, we wanted to find a way to help ourselves out while helping out the community and painting this industry in a new light. Like, you know, for a lot of people, vegetables aren't sexy. We're trying to make that different and say, hey, you know, there's a little bit more to this than you might think. I don't know. Arugula is pretty sexy. No. <laughs> it is, especially in the background. Yeah? <laughs> we can work <laughs> with you, Mario. This is good.
0: <laughs> and so I was just curious. Uh, what made you choose those uh, four four initial uh, items? I guess uh, to grow.
2: Well, I I've, in the beginning I was doing lots of trials, yeah. with lots of microgreens, and it turns out those were like the easy ones to grow, and also they have distinct uh, um, uh, taste so they're they're all very different to each other you know you have the spicy one the peppery one like the arugula the, the spicy one like radish and the one that's like lettuce like sunflower you know and then you get your your broccoli kind of like the broccoli sprouts that you usually buy in stores. so i thought those were really interesting and they were also really easy to grow mm-hmm. and i could run trials on them right so so the technology that i was i was developing required crops that were quickly grown so that I can adjust, do adjustments as I go, uh, mm. so to iterate the process. Uh, those crops were sort of like the easy, easy ones, uh, and people really like them too as well. You know, people really like the arugula. Uh, you know, the sunflower.
0: Okay, um, I'll put in my request that you guys start uh, uh, growing or radicchio. Okay, <laughs> radicchio. <laughs> we got a lot well, of requests.
2: We have a friend of ours that wants us to grow garlic. Garlic, yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little of um, a stretch right now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but, but I'm we're, sure. we're experimenting.
1: Yeah. We we can't you know say too much, but maybe by the time this is out, the products will be out too. Um, hey, what's so the turnover uh, in in terms of uh, the cycle uh, for growing? Uh, on average, about thirteen days from seed to package.
0: From we, seed to package, thirteen yeah. days. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, well, so that's my, one of the things. My, my arugula is going to take a little longer to grow. <laughs> <than that. laughs>
1: yeah. And, and that's one of the beauties of microgreens and one of the reasons we focused on this. As yeah. Andre alluded to, you can iterate really quickly. Um, so if you're getting started and you don't know, for example, how much water to put on them, you can grow four of them at the same time. And within two weeks, you'll know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that adds to the sustainability thing. You know, we use 99% less water than a regular vegetable because they grow so quickly that the water you're putting on them, which is very little, it gets absorbed all by the microgreen and that's it. You, you don't need to overwater. Um, it's very, very efficient from that perspective.
0: Okay, so um, when you say microgreen, uh, just to explain to people, what, what does that really mean? Um, yeah so
2: i guess uh the, the best way to explain it will be um it, it, between the sprout uh, stage of the plant and the baby stage when, when it has the true leaf so we are right in the middle between the sprout stage and the baby stage uh you know it's, it's at a point where it doesn't taste like a sprout it actually has a taste like the full-grown plant of its own yeah yeah of its own but it's really strong because it's 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 almost getting to the baby stage uh so yeah so that's basically what it is it's 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 a it's a stage in in the, in the plant growth
3: yeah i like to tell people it's a smaller version of the bigger vegetable
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's very it's very fragile like if you wait three or four more days you're past it Over, and yeah. it's also the point at which they're most nutrient dense uh which is obviously oh. very valuable to you know anybody that's eating it so did you guys
0: as kids uh growing up eat your greens
1: no i didn't
0: um, <laughs> I did. it was a bit of a struggle but yeah, yeah.
1: um that's changed obviously um, <laughs> You know, but no, I used to. I used to hate it. I used to be like, "No, get that stuff away from me." <laughs> yeah, like basically
3: for me as well. But spinach, I love spinach. I don't know why, but that was like the one thing I could kind of consistently eat. So
2: for me, it was fruits, right? Like I, I was always around fruit, like bananas, mangoes, and all this stuff. So
0: yeah, I was, was lucky. <laughs> all right, well, uh, gentlemen, thank you. It's been an absolute pre- pleasure talking to you guys today. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Mario. Mario, thank you. Thank you very much. I'll try not to butcher your names, but uh, (laughs) uh, that was Andre Salazar, Zach Tambasco, and Guillermo Borges, who are the operators of Alpa Vertical Farms in Calgary. This has been Calgary's Podcast with Mario Tonaguzzi on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.